This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to another episode of the Conversations Brewing Podcast with your hosts, Divya and Ravisha, two coffee-loving best friends who dive into weekly conversations on wellness, culture, and growing into your authentic self. As two healthcare professionals, children of immigrants, and humans always striving to learn more, they bring their unique complexities of their wellness journeys into this podcast space by sharing their stories and featuring other like-minded experts in the field. Always with a cup of coffee in hand, humor, and never-ending authenticity, dive in with the two of them as they brew the kind of conversations that we don't have enough of but that matter the most. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Conversations Brewing with your host, Divyan Ravisha. Hi, we're so excited about this next episode that we're going to bring to you. We had another guest. Ravisha and I have been having the exciting opportunity of getting to connect with some really great guests. And this guest is actually from the Chicagoland area. Ravisha, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit more about her? Yeah, of course. Our guest today is Apoorva Agarwal, and she's an Indian immigrant living um, in Chicago. And she actually just recently found a jewelry line called Amaya Jewelry. And so we talked to her um, in this episode today about developing healthy habits and how she's um, juggling having a corporate nine to five job, but then also um, having her own jewelry business. And the conversation was actually really great, Divya. Don't you think? Like, we're just talking about how you kind of have to like manage it all and what you need to do to pursue those dreams and passions. Yeah. It was so cool because we really talked about the intersectionality with culture, identity, gender norms, because um, she has broken a lot of those being one. She, I mean, she's a woman and she moved away from India, came to the United States in 2013, did the whole thing, right? Like went to college, got the corporate job, but then wanted to also pursue her passion. So she is really killing it doing, um, founding that startup, Amaya. And they actually were just featured in um, South Asian Fashion Week, which I thought was so cool in New York. So her pieces were on the runway. So, I mean, it's really inspiring to see somebody hold both of that and definitely requires a lot of um, healthy habits and intentional practices. So she shared a lot of that with us on this episode, which is really cool to hear. Yeah, we loved having her on and um, be sure to check out Amaya Jewelry on Instagram. Um, There's some really great pieces that you could also buy for yourself. Um, So, yeah, here's Apurva. Hi guys, Purva, why don't you start off by saying a little bit about yourself for our listeners? Hi, I'm Apurva. I'm based out of Chicago. I am a budding entrepreneur. Uh, have my own business called Amaya Jewelry. I also work full time and I'm very passionate about developing habits and learning and unlearning certain things that help me become a better person. I am an Indian immigrant. I moved here 10 years ago uh, to pursue uh, education as Indian parents send their children abroad to do. I did finance, got myself a job, but I always wanted to have something of my own. Um, So that's why I started and took the plunge with the Maya Jewelry. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. And yeah, it seems like in the last decade, you've had a lot of transitions then with moving here and then I'm assuming you came here for school. 
I did. I came yeah. to like went to Indiana University. Okay, awesome. So yeah, we're we're both from Illinois, so that's cool, right? Next next door. Um, yeah. So from ten, for the last ten years, a lot of transition with coming and starting school and get and doing like kind of what they say to do, right? Like get that corporate job and work and then now you're doing your own thing which is so exciting and that we can talk to you about developing healthy habits because if there's anything that I've seen is that I mean in general you need healthy habits to do anything because life is crazy but I imagine with managing two jobs that healthy habits is really an integral part of that it it really is uh I drove myself crazy last year with just uh having two jobs. I also did real estate in between, which I had to give up because it was just mm. getting a lot to like manage. Um, but I read this book called Atomic Habits, uh, Life mm. Changer. I would recommend everyone to read it. And it told me that you need to have a system for a process. You can't just define a goal and run after it. You need to fix the system. So with both these jobs, what I do now is I plan my day uh, on Sundays. I plan my entire week how each day will look like and what hours I'll be dedicating to Amaya versus my full time. Mm. So right now, my day to day looks like wake up at six, um, uh, like work on Amaya for two, three hours, start my nine to five. And if I have pockets of time between my nine to five, I try and do more of social media networking because Mm. that helps me just stay in touch and know what's going on. And then after that, I know my personal, um, healthy habits are equally important. So I try and work out. Mm-hmm. So that's how my day goes. Uh, and before sleeping, I try and incorporate learning aspect of it, which means like either reading, um, reading something about the industry or reading a book that helps me just grow as a person. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm trying to manage my day to day, but it does get overwhelming. I wouldn't uh, say that my all days are perfect when I'm trying to manage Amaya and nine to five. I've had challenges with my corporate job, but I think I'm able to pull it off right now. So I'm happy about it. That's great. What made you like take that leap into starting your own jewelry business? Like, was it like, I guess, like what made you like start from there? I come from a family of jewelers. Um, My dad does find jewelry in Delhi. So mm-hmm. I'd always wanted uh, while growing up, like it's very common to hear sons will take forward the business and the mm-hmm. rebellious 16 year old me wanted to just change that and the, take over the daughter. Like I wanted the daughters to start taking over family businesses. Not that my family denied any of it. I come from a very open-minded family. So they were always open for it. But of course that time wasn't right. My dad wanted me to get educated a job stable income and I did all of that but I think deep down I still wanted to do jewelry I still wanted to have something of my own Uh, so two years ago while sipping on chai my brother finally just said are you ready to do it you've been wanting to do it for a while like just why don't you start and I think that was it I just needed that motivation and needed to hear those words from somebody in my family and then he helped me get started. He helped me like set up and till date, he helps me with like backend logistics. So I think I've grown up seeing jewelry. So, and that seemed like something I was uh, leaning towards uh, all my life. And I'm very happy I'm able to do it now. That's, That's great. So awesome. Like I have a very progressive family as well, but like you still see that like kind of mentality that like, um, you know, a daughter like can't take over that kind of business or like she used to go do her own thing. So like, I'm glad that you like stuck to a passion that like still meant a lot for you and you still did what your parents wanted you to do. I, and uh, 
fortunately i enjoy what i do too that's why i'm not leaving my full time job either because i love working <laughs> with chocolates who would it why do you think that some people don't end up leading with their passion and the decisions they make because i imagine that there are a lot of people who also have this passion similarly like you did with jewelry and i mean ravisha and i even had it for a podcast for so many years and we didn't do anything about it cuz we were scared you know so why do you think that so many people who have this idea or passion end up um not pursuing it um i will uh, quote my personal example i was scared to start something of my own too um because i thought it's not perfect mm-hmm. i think people have these self inflected thoughts or self doubt that stop them from doing what they want to do or they think what the society will think i think these are the two biggest factors that stop people from doing anything that they're passionate about um like and also like sometimes like i feel like passion is not always the most realistic career choice right sometimes you don't have the resources for it so for example you want to be a singer like yes you can be but it takes time to actually break through and get the chance that you should be getting mm-hmm. so it's a it's a lot of external factors but i would recommend just going for it if you are really truly passionate about it like you have to know why you are passionate about it if it brings your life it lightens your life that you should go for it yeah mm-hmm. definitely how did you overcome that fear like what i guess like what was like the starting point or what what made you be like all right like this is it i'm finally starting this business on the side with my corporate job like when did you just like let the fear come down and like the passion go forward i guess okay good question uh because i'm still fearful of a lot of things in my life uh but i worked towards it i acknowledged the fact that this is what's um negating my passion so last year when i started 3 months uh into launching amaya i figured i cannot run after perfection i need to enjoy imperfections with social media and how like i i'm worried about like how will i come across like you know what will people think if i post a certain thing it has to be perfect and in reality nobody cares mhm people will judge anyway so like just do and market the way you want so now i've taken a back seat i do uh what i feel like in terms of marketing and also just going with the flow having fun with imperfections so yeah and also like just celebrating little victories i remember when i got my first sale um during the first week of launch i was expecting uh you know everybody to come support and shop but that didn't happen and i was still like really sad about it which now when i think about it i should have been celebrating Mm. because getting even one sale is a big deal right mm-hmm. um so now i take it uh, personally and celebrate all my victories because that motivates me to even do more so yeah. fear is going to be there it's fabricated into our lives so you just have to acknowledge and mm-hmm. reduce it <laughs> yeah i love that you say that because that is something that i try to work so actively on but in that process too and i don't want to speak for the both of you but i'm curious your thoughts is that that also comes with unlearning so much of what we were taught like what you had said of oh like people are going to judge you anyway who cares like so much of at least for me seeing in south asian cultural norms are like well what are people going to think and they're going to judge you if you do this and you know if you do this it's almost like you're damned if you do damned if you don't and you know i know that revish and i have talked about this topic so many times but how did you work through that unlearning and i mean 
is that something that both of you experienced or is this something that I don't know, <laughs> something I'm just talking about? I have experienced a lot of judgment in my life while growing up. Uh, but I think my parents are the biggest reason where I, I'm like, let it be. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't care what people think. Over the years, I think when I moved here, it bothered me for a couple of years. Okay, my family back there or friends back there think of me. Of My biggest example is me leaving my parents. My parents still live in India, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of my friends still, they tell me, you are so selfish for leaving your parents back home, right? Yeah. But I'm not selfish. Uh, it's not selfish to uh, want a life that you've dreamt of. And when your parents are supporting you, I think then you can do anything in the world. Mm-hmm. So my response to them is my parents are with me. I travel back every year. They come to visit me. And it's the life we've all chosen. So we all, like my parents have given me the freedom to go experience life at my own terms and they are living their life. I've asked them to come here. They don't want to move and we understand that equally. So live your life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's so right. And I mean, it's um tough with like the culture that we've all grown up in. Um, like, like you said, like it's like your friends are trying to guilt trip you that mm. you left the country. But on the other hand, your parents are so supportive about it. So it's like, what's the issue, you know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> everyone is still happy. So it just, I think, yeah, sometimes like with the culture, I think it's really hard to find like the balance of figuring out like, should you feel guilty for something or should you not? I think like that's Mm -hmm. like a thing that Divya and I discuss a lot as well that with how we've grown up and like the culture expectations that put on us, like how do we maybe outgrow some of those expectations, but then how do we manage some of them as well? It's, it's, it's a tough world. Yeah. I mean, how have you managed not because we were talking about the cultural expectations, but another thing I'm really interested in is your habits. Like, oh my gosh, with how you talked about you work on a Maya for like two hours and you do nine to five and you work out. And I mean, that has to show like that has your passion guiding all of that. Cause you're not going to wake up at 6am for something you don't care about, but can you talk more about how you've managed all of this stuff? I don't think, I mean, yeah, I, I've reached, to a point where I feel like I am able to manage. So um, I think Amaya is so important for me because I've manifested something of my own for years now. So I can't let it go or let it be, like let it take a second priority in my life. It's equally important as my stable source of income. So I have taken steps to make sure I wake up at six. I, I enjoy waking up at six. It's not like, okay, I hate it. It was a big change for me. Um, what was a drastic change for me was sleeping early because I'm a very social person. I like hanging out with friends, like going out. So I had to reduce that time and uh, put Amaya as the priority. So I sleep early, wake up early, mm-hmm. um, spend two hours on Amaya. And those two hours are not anything I want that day. I plan my routine the night before. Okay, these are the certain things I want to work on tomorrow morning. And when I accomplish those, that also makes me feel great that I got three or four things out early in the morning mm-hmm. and sets me, sets the right tone for the day. And then nine to five, right now we've started going back into the office. So it's a struggle to not be able to use your phone and start like, stop, you know, just keep posting different posts that you yeah. have planned for the day. So nine to five, you can't be on your screens also like working anytime. So you have to concentrate and focus um, on work. 
then after coming back home um i am lazy like as people would be after coming back home but what i do before leaving for work early in the morning is i keep my workout clothes there mm-hmm. on my bed so when i come back home i see them and change into it and go work out so that helps me with my wellness aspect of it because of course i love to work out i love to stay fit but that easily takes a back burner when you are hustling you can mm-hmm. easily be lazy and just go to bed watch tv so i try and go uh, work out after and come back home relax uh, cook my meal my fiance is good at cooking so he is able to take care of my like you know cooking food needs so that's sorted <laughs> and then as i mentioned like before going to bed i try to read i'm not a reader that's what i had instilled in my mind i hate reading but reading is so important um because like you want to understand what other people are writing um mm-hmm. and for self development growth and understanding market marketing techniques i'm not a marketer so i have to learn and before sleeping i'm ensure i at least read one chapter i know it's less people can finish books in days in in a day but i cannot i love reading at least one chapter because it still keeps me going and still keeps me um aligned with my focus and vision yeah so during the day i try to tackle or acquire different aspects of uh, my goals i see yeah it it seems like you kind of have it all like laid out or like yeah. in some way like you've you do a lot of planning to make sure that you can achieve like these day to day tasks that you have mm-hmm. for yourself um my question is is like when you first started um you know developing these habits and like you said you read the book atomic habits like how was that adjustment period for you like how did how did it feel when you like first started like planning all this out or like starting your habits like what were maybe like the struggles but also what did you like maybe learn more about yourself through that struggles uh so when i of course the first week was a challenge in terms of like setting the habits um i wanted to ins- i i think the biggest challenge was i took a lot of habits for myself to accomplish like 10 11 in a day oh uh, you know that's a lot uh 10 11 not meaning just like planning but also just like drinking water is one of the habits that people love to improve upon mm-hmm. so i added a lot of habits um which of course that i set myself up for failure and then the next week i made sure i had five things to accomplish one was regularly working out mm. eating at the right time following the day format so that i can work on both amaya and uh, my 9 to 5 and then drinking more water i'm forgetting the last one but something along the, oh yeah date nights on wednesdays how can i forget that uh, because oh, that's so important <laughs> yeah no uh, because i knew my partner's gonna be furious if i don't spend time so now that's how we manage our expectations we go on date nights it's wednesdays uh, middle of the week great um but having realistic expectations and setting actionable goals is something that help me uh, understand myself better mm-hmm. i cannot do it all i think i can do it all but i cannot uh, i would love to but important to set realistic expectations out of yourself yeah so that was one of the biggest learnings for me um but yeah i think habits in general i don't see them as a goal 
I want them to be something that is automatic for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see it as a stress. If if I'm not enjoying it, I will not do it. Um, like I said, like for me, it's important. Um, if I want to drink more water, right? It's I follow the logic of insight in mind. When it's not in my sight, I don't drink water. So now what I do is I keep glasses of water in the most used corners in my apartment. So when I see it, I will drink it. Yeah. So that's one of the things, and and the opposite goes for chocolates. I love chocolates, so I don't keep any <laughs> chocolates in my fridge. <laughs> you really are like planning a, a few steps in advance, and I think that's so important because. I know for me, if I don't plan steps in advance, I kind of end up just doing what I'm in the mood for. And, you know, our moods change constantly. So when you plan it ahead of time, then you really can already be motivated and it feels good to get something off your checklist. And it's also when you really enjoy something like, I don't know if you've ever gone to um, Orange Theory, but Ravisha's Ravisha's one of those like Orange Theory, like a she loves it. Orange theory from anyone who I've heard. It's honestly like a cult or something. Like it people really love is. It. But she like is able to go for it, go in the mornings. And I used to struggle so much working out in the morning. And she was like, I was talking to her about it. And I don't know how to, how to get motivation. And she was saying going to like a class has been really game changing for her. So then it inspired me to try a class and that totally changes it too. So it really resonated with you saying that you have to enjoy it because you can't just force yourself to do something you don't enjoy. But tell me one thing. Did you enjoy Orange Theory then after that? Oh, yeah. I've been like a member for like close to two years now. And I'm still like equally obsessed (laughs) with like going to the classes. It's because like my sister and like some of my other friends also go. And so we're like like both like motivating each other to go. So I think that's like also like one of the big things about going like and then just also creating like small goals. I think when you work out as well and then Mm -hmm. achieving them slowly like helps you like stay on track. Yeah. And it feels so good after you go to it. Like, especially those six, I mean, something like a 6 a.m. You do those a bit more than I do. But when you go to one and then you actually finish, it feels so good. Yeah. yeah. You have the energy. Like like people who don't work out, they won't realize like what that feeling is. But you Mm -hmm. feel great because you did something for your own self. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, um, like Divya can attest to this too. Like I'm not a morning person at all. Like, um, even like throughout like high school and I, I would be waking up at the last possible moment, you know, to go somewhere, like to get somewhere on time. And then like, when I was telling Divya that, oh yeah, I'm starting to do like more morning workouts. She was so shocked. She was like, who are you? Like, you're actually going in the morning to work out. Like, yeah, she couldn't believe it. No, I thought someone was like seriously dragging her with like a chain or something. I'm like, there's no way this girl is going to work out on her own in the morning. But then she talked to me about how much she loved Orange Theory. And it wasn't even about the workout. Like it was almost like she didn't even care about what the heck she was working out and doing. But she loved Orange Theory and the community and just what, you know, she was having cultivated there. And so I think that's really important, too, um, with the communities we surround ourselves with. And for you, like, what's been the importance of community when it comes to, like, success and following your passion? Do you have that community? And if so, like, how important is that? What have you seen the impact of it be? Um, Great question. My community is everything for me. I'm totally blessed to have the people I have in my life, be it my friends, be it my family, or be the other female founders. Like, I'm going to tell you a beautiful story. And this shows that, there's space for everyone and lifting each other is 
so beautiful so there is another founder called poonam she is a founder of malaysia's jewelry the other day she insta messages me uh, something that was happening in chicago uh, that there's a pop up upcoming uh, at nomad cafe you should apply hmm and that just i was so happy to see that message because we belong from the same industry we have we both do jewelry but there was no competition she wants me to grow equally and mm. i applied for it and that pop up is on saturday that's awesome so it's it's beautiful and the other aspect is there's another founder nitya from my decorify she connected me connected me with another emerging designer that was showcasing at south asian new york fashion week and mm-hmm. the designer and i rene and i we connected and i styled uh, their clothes with some jewelry on sunday on the runway so it That's just so shows cool. that yeah it was a great experience and that makes me believe that we all are in it together and yeah. it's beautiful to help each other out the more you give the more you receive so it's important to keep giving definitely i love that Yeah, and that's like so nice to hear, you know, like when you can um talk about people that are also in like the same business um as you and also they're yeah. like lifting you up and like it's almost makes you feel more encouraged to do what like mm-hmm. what you're doing because sometimes like you need to hear that from your own peers like in that same field like as much as it means uh, when a family member like encourages in you and stuff but they may not like totally understand the field as much or things like that so it's like nice when that happens and then you like you feel like okay like i got this i i have a reason to keep going yeah. and that's all the reason that i have to keep going i like i'm not a giver but like seeing the support how can you give up you know it's beautiful mm-hmm. to just keep going Like my friends and family, my cousin lives in New York. She came for the pop. I was at the bazaar for South Asian New York Fashion Week. She always comes with me at these pop ups. My friend especially flies from Chicago and comes along. So it's just mm. the support is there. <laughs> That's amazing, and I and I just love hearing these stories of community because it can be so easy to be competitive with one another, and I and I see that so much in the content creation space too, and I imagine you do in the you know um in the jewelry space, but this this urge of competition, right? And it's like you have to really. I, I've actually learned that there's so much of unlearning I had to do around competition when it comes to like my upbringing and community, and it was always like comparing, right? Like so and so is going to this college, so and so has these grades. Why aren't you like so and so? So obviously, this internal narrative is like I have to be better than everyone. And I, I've been seeing that more that there's room for everyone. Like I want everyone around me to grow because I really do believe when we lift up people around us, that's when we lift ourselves up too. It's just, but it's unlearning a lot. That's a great point. I did not even think about my childhood experiences of like grades. That's a good point. That's where it comes from. <laughs> it started with the grades. It started with the grades. <laughs> um, I do want to ask what um. like motivated you to come study here in the US like was there a reason for you coming to Indiana University or like was it just like random like i would love to hear more about that there's a lot of funny stories around it but i'll tell you one thing i didn't have any other choice i i did apply uh, so my extended family my dad's brother my uncle actually lives here he moved here 45 years ago hmm. um so that was one of the reasons but i always wanted to go to UK Uh, but my family said no because there wasn't any family there so the only option i had to come study abroad was united states of america and i did not want to be in chicago because my family was here uh, because if i was moving away from family i wanted to be completely independent 
and uh, not be in Chicago. So I chose something that was still close by and which happened to be Indiana. Hmm. Yeah, close enough, but not too close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it was a beautiful uh, experience. I did not have any culture shock per se, if you ask me that. But um, yeah, no culture shock because I had been seeing my cousins like come to India or hear their experience. So I think I was kind of mentally prepared uh, mm-hmm. of what I was getting myself into. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, then obviously you stayed. You got a job here and stuff, so you <laughs> liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah I, I I love being here because I I get to be independent yeah. I get to do all the things that I've wanted in my life um and without any traffic <laughs> the, yeah. the crazy Delhi traffic oh my gosh I know it's so crazy over there and you really can do like everything that you've been dreaming of that's so cool to watch that all unfold in front of you I love how you said that you like manifested this life and now it's showing up for you because I mean, some, a lot of people don't even manifest things for themselves because they don't even think they're, they can, they're, do, it. They can do it exactly. <laughs> like they don't think they're worthy or whatever. And so there's so many things we want for ourselves that we don't even take that step to manifest it. I mean, when did you like first manifest all of this to happen for you? 2016. And you uh, got to work. <laughs> I was in 10th grade then. Oh, no, wait, not 2016. Sorry. I meant when I was in 10th grade, when I was 16 years old. Okay. (laughs) I was like 2016. Oh my gosh. How old are you? (laughs) I I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, I meant 2010 when I was 16. (laughs) That's so funny. I was going to be like, um, did you ask your parents if you're allowed to? (laughs) We need to sign a waiver. (laughs) Uh, but yeah that's so cool I mean you really you put your mind to it and you stuck to it which is incredible my brother helped me helped me (laughs) through it so I would give credits to him for him like asking me that question and pushing me yeah I love that do you um like design like so do you design like all the jewelry and stuff that or do you have like a someone helping you or like a team I am leveraging uh, my family connections. Um, I have been a fan of uh, Indian jewelry, the Indian textures, the stones, mm. craftsmanship for a long time. And, you know, Indian craftsmanship is unparalleled. Yeah. Um, so we do have a team in India that designs it and we manufacture it all in-house. So that helps us reduce the cost. And growing up, I did see people shop a lot of... When I, when I think of Indian jewelry, I think of wedding jewelry. Yeah, mm-hmm. and when I think of American jewelry, I think of something dainty but bland. Mm-hmm. Uh, until you spend a lot of dollars, you get you you don't get something really fun like quirky. Mm-hmm. So I am trying to balance and blend those things together: um, the textures, tones, craftsmanship of Indian jewelry with modernism of American culture, because that's how I like to wear it. I like to wear things that are different. And that's been my whole life blending the best of both worlds right now. So um, yeah, so using all the network that we have already established, I'm blending and bringing something that's more affordable. And something that people can like at a like, it's fine quality still. Mm -hmm. So you can think of it as bridging the gap between fine and fashion jewelry. 
Yeah, I I definitely saw that um, when I went on the Instagram page and I was like looking through like all the designs. Like it de- it definitely is like a good blend of the Indian and American jewelry. Like something you can wear every day, but is like kind of different and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I really like like the designs a lot. So that's why I was asking like how you like started the line and stuff. Yeah, really inspiration cool. is all around you. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool because I do recognize that like. I was noticing that more even when I was shopping for like it started with more like my wedding jewelry but that there the things that I was buying that were Indian jewelry or even for like events it's not like I could ever wear that on a day-to-day basis it's just way too like big and bold and then you know we get especially when you're um South Asian and living in America right like you're some of the maybe what the American jewelry is feels a little too bland or simple for so it's such a good blend between the two because I really like that like ch- like the more like chunky kind of look but something that's still um day to day so I think you really did a good job accomplishing that and what about the name the name is so beautiful what yeah. inspired you for that um I'm a person who likes things with meaning so this one was no different um it's named after my grandmother it means lovable and I wanted to keep and hold uh something that's really close to me. My grandmother, I didn't get to spend a lot of time with her, but I wanted to hear that name every time, all around uh, when people say it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's really sweet. That's um, beautiful. Do you ever feel like there's like times or like when you feel like burnt out from, you know, your own corporate job and like handling the jewelry business? And like, how do you maybe like deal with the burnout or like, you know, tips for that? Because like, Divi and I talk about that a lot just with cry in one corner. (laughs) That's relatable. So that's pretty relatable. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel overwhelmed. I do cry my feelings out if I'm feeling that I need to take it out. That's how my emotions come out. Um, But when I mean, after I cry out, I put, put my big girl hat on, go work out, uh, let the stress out, and then come back home and actually sit down and think why I started this. Mm-hmm. Why am I being stressed out? Like, try to understand like what's causing me to feel the way I'm feeling. And if it's something related to not being able to manage time, which most times you're not able to manage time, like no matter how nicely you set up a system, things go here and there, right? So it's important to understand why you are doing certain things and just go ahead with it like like replan things um but you feel the burn you know you 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 cannot do it all all the time sometimes Mm -hmm. you just cry it out it's honestly just useful to hear that when you hear someone that's also just like you know working their nine to five and then also has a business on the side like sometimes you hear oh yeah like I'm able to manage it all it's like no problem but like sometimes you also do need to hear when it's like you know like relatable and it gets hard and like what you do to kind of deal with it all because like even for us like um we both are coming off like a very like busy summer and Mm -hmm. like we and we had just started our podcast and so we um constantly were like how are we gonna do this all like we were having a lot of trouble with like scheduling and all that and a lot of the times we'd be like it's okay like there's a reason why we're now like starting our podcast and why we need to just keep going and not give up. So that's why I wanted to hear like your stance on it as well, because I think a lot of like maybe someone listening is well, might be thinking that they want to start like a side hustle or like another passion, pursue a passion. And 
just know it's like not easy, but it's no. worth it. It's worth it. You sleep peacefully at night. Mm-hmm. If you're satisfied with it, you do it. You work Absolutely. for it. Nobody else is going to work for you. Yeah. 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 And I and I love the concept of coming back to your values yeah. and your why because that's yeah totally what I have to do too with things is like why am I doing this and then when you realize that you know the pros of why you're doing it outweigh the like inevitable cons of stress and emotion like anything that's like worth something will bring out stress you know but as long as it's something that's close to your heart and important to you that to move forward with that and like let that guide you 100% nothing's going to be easy but it's going to be worth it (laughs) I agree that is true um, well, I guess I feel like we just talked about so it was so easy to talk to you. We went through like, like our whole I know just so and, easily. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really nice talking to you because I feel like um, just like talking about your habits and how you got started and stuff like I think Divi and I can both like resonate with that because we're constantly talking about this and I'm sure anyone listening can also take away like so many helpful um, advice from you because like you literally said you read a book atomic habits and then you figured it out and you found ways to adjust your life to what you needed to do um and so now you work your corporate job and you have your jewelry business on the side and i think that's so great amazing i've heard a lot about that book honestly and i really i actually have not read that book but i have yes. so many hey. people who have said how amazing that book is that now i'm honestly motivated to hop on amazon prime tonight and like buy this book or you know actually i've been starting to read books from my um my like whatever my ipad so maybe i'll get it there because another thing you said earlier in the interview that we we didn't touch on that really resonated with me was when you've been reading more and you always were like oh i'm not a huge reader i've been trying to get more into reading and i was just never a huge reader because i always associated reading with academics like no, I never really read for fun. I only read for school. So I never had like this positive association with reading. But just setting aside time, like even if I read five pages, I'm proud of myself. So I really liked when you were like, it's one chapter. Like I know a lot of people don't can read more. I was like, girl, I read five pages sometimes at night. And I'm like, yes, this is amazing. So my one chapter is five pages. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, me and Ravisha will definitely read that book and we will get back to you because you have you have inspired us. Yeah, definitely. I think that that book's been my life a uh, life changer. I also gifted that book to one of my friends. I hope she's reading it because it's, <laughs> it's an amazing book. It gives you tips that you will definitely feel easy to apply to in your life. So do give it a read. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for um, coming on. Um, why don't you give um, maybe the Instagram handle of Amaya Jewelry so people can mm-hmm. uh, check it out and stuff as well? Definitely. Thanks for having me. Uh, the Instagram handle for Amaya Jewelry is Amaya Jewelry, A-M-A-A-Y-A-J-E-W-E-L-R-Y. Great. I hope you guys follow that. Um, she, honestly, there's so many great pieces on there. Yeah. So I'm like going to actually shop on your site later tonight for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll also link it in the show notes because you definitely all should check it out. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Bye. See you all Bye. next week. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Conversations Brewing. We hope you take some moments to reflect on our episode with some coffee in hand. New episodes of Conversations Brewing come out on Tuesdays. We'd love to hear from you about what resonated with you and what you want to hear more about. So let us know on Instagram at our account at Conversations Brewing. 
If this episode was helpful, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast and continue to tune in weekly. We so appreciate your support and we'll brew some conversations with you next week. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.